Okay, so as I said last week, uh, I told you guys I, I was going to be introducing some more basketball content. Um, you know, it's just, since that we're, we're we're almost Christmas. Christmas is like almost that point where like the NFL season is starting to slow down and so forth. We're getting closer and closer to the uh, the postseason, and then you know NBA the NBA always spices up. Um, and you know always has some really good showings on Christmas Day. So I figured right before Christmas Day. Uh, I bring on a familiar guest, a friend of the pod, a friend of the pod, uh, a guy's basketball take that I really like. I like his basketball takes. I think they're unique. Uh, I think uh, he he's one of the more, I would say, when in terms of content creators, he actually unlike a lot of these content creators, and I, I don't mean I don't mean to throw jabs, but unlike a lot of these other content creators, he actually analyzes games that he watches. I like that. So, um, but I have I have my guy with me, Najee, aka No Layups, also known as No Layups. Uh, always serving it up on you know on Twitter, IG, and so forth. Also on his YouTube channel. How you doing, Najee? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be up here. Get up here, talk my hoop stuff. It's been a while since I did a pod, so I can't wait to get into my bag and talk about these teams, good and bad. Yeah. And talk about them the best player in the world that nobody talks about. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Um but yeah, like I was saying, I, I think um you know, I think it's a pretty good time to start introducing bringing in more basketball content. And like I said, I think Naji No Layups is the best, you know, one of the better ones, better people to do it with. Uh now, you mentioned best player in the world, we mentioned some teams and so forth. So we're about we're almost about 25 30 games into the regular season. Uh, and obviously the standout teams, uh, you know, obviously the Warriors, you know, they look like the best team in basketball, in my opinion. Um, I, you know, they're all, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, Phoenix, uh, Utah, Utah's usually pretty good and so forth. Uh, but then, you know, the Chicago Bulls, a team that has, you know, that's been on the downside. Um, you know, they, they, they were fighting for a play in spot last year. Um, but you know, they, with a couple more acquisitions this past off season, like Lonzo ball and, you know, DeMar DeRozan, um, you know, I, it seems like, uh, <laughs> you know, Chicago's one of those teams that we should take, you know, seriously. Um, so no layups early on in the season, <clears throat> who is a, who are some like legitimate contenders in your opinion? Like I said, I think the Warriors are real. Uh, we know the teams that are like, we think we know the teams that are pretty real. But in your opinion, the, with the games you've watched, with the basketball you've watched so far, first thirty games or so, who are the who are like the contenders, who are the pretenders, and so forth? Okay, uh, so let's you know the Nets are Nets Bucks. Yeah, we already know they are probably two of the three best teams in basketball. Nets yep. and Bucks. Um, let's start with the East. On the East, I would say. The Cavs are a pre. They will be a, a French pretender, only because their lineups are so freaking unique mm-hmm. that no team has shown the ability to really adapt. Like it's like you think they shouldn't be successful, but Garland is really freaking good. Jared Allen is an All Star this year. The Garland Allen pick and roll dynamic works great. They have the best rookie in the league right now with Evan Mobley. Yes, and he's literally a generational defensive talent. He's never going to lift like your offense and be that high volume, 
major score, but he's going to hit shots. He's going to be efficient on offense, and he can pass. Like Evan Mobley and Allen, then you have Laurie stretching the floor in the perimeter and showing the ability to put the ball on the floor versus closeouts. And then you got Kevin Love seeing, seeing, seeming rejuvenized coming off the bench with the cast. So it's like they constantly have a multitude of versatile versatile bigs and then you have a shifty guard and garland and then you have allen sweeping up the paint just imagine trying to score on allen and mobley wow like that's sick like even if you beat allen mobley so versatile he's um helping everywhere he can switch on to you and then like garland and Lori shouldn't be able to hold their own in the perimeter but Lori's so long and lifty and plays solid enough defense on perimeter enough so he offers some resistance so when he does get beat he has the two down there to help him and then along with the Cavs I would say the Bulls like even me I say the Bulls their offense was going to be elite I thought their offense was going to be elite but I really felt like damn they weren't going to be a good defense because I know the guard position isn't a okay how do I say this you can't be an all-time defensive team with a guard-led defense. You can mm, be good. Okay. You can't be all-time because they always – guards always had – like, great defensive teams always have an elite rim protector somewhere, the elite rim protector. But these guys, like, the scheme Billy Donovan has them playing just aggressive and constantly roaming, applying pressure. If you – the other teams – and this is why the Nets have had problems with them. Mm. We don't have – quick processing speed like making quick decisions because you will look if you rewatch the games you think damn this this is beatable but teams making the decisions in real time with you know levine flying everywhere damar using his athleticism everywhere um vucevic isn't a good paint defender but when he's hedging in a perimeter he has quick hands so that's getting deflections and then you have caruso and then Lonzo pressuring the ball and flying everywhere off ball. They're just it's just like a havoc defense, and they're speeding teams up to make you play their way. So that is a prediction where I was just like, damn, like I was really wrong about that. I don't know their ceiling, honestly, because <laughs> I would say I have them in that fringe contender, like Miami when Oladipo comes back if he's back healthy. Like that French contender because like I think in the playoffs teams will be able to game plan and you know how their process and speed right but you never know man like constantly having pressure and pressure mm-hmm. and pressure on you really like weighs you down mentally mm-hmm. so that's that's for the East what's your thought I, I, you know Najee I, I'm gonna go to Cleveland Cleveland I had serious questions about how because. Like you said, the way how they play in the lineups that they use like the most that they have a lot of like effectiveness with, you would think in today's NBA it's like, uh, that's not gonna work. But it does work and it's scary. And I'm gonna say this about Mobley because I was really I was really high. I wasn't too huge on Cade. I knew Cade would be a pretty good pro, but I wasn't too huge on I didn't really see superstar. But I was high I was high on Jalen Green and I was also high on Evan Mobley. I thought there was a legitimate argument that could have been made for Mobley going number one now now some people might think that's crazy but I thought there was a legitimate argument for him going number one uh I saw a lot of Chris Bosch offensively at USC I saw a guy that can put the ball on the deck skilled 
Uh, jumper was fluent enough to, you know, for today's NBA for a big. Uh, I I just saw a lot of Chris Bosh, even with his body and his and his frame, even though he's a little bit tall, about two, he's probably about two inches taller than Bosh, but yeah. I saw a lot of the similar frame and makeup. So I saw a lot of Chris Bosh and 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 Mobley. Now defensively, I did not see him being or having this high of a ceiling defensively. I think defensively, he's going to be one of the more premier defensive player of the year candidates for the next coming years because that's that's how dynamic he is defensively. So looking at and so like I said, looking at the lineups that they use, I was very surprised and I'm I'm still is kind of, I'm like I'm waiting for the regression from the Cavs and it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened. We we you know they're 19 and 12. They're sitting at the 3 seed. It has not happened. So, you know, marketing Allen Mobley, I was very concerned about how are they going to play all three? Because you traded for marketing. You obviously traded for Jared Allen and you gave him max deal. And then you drafted this kid Mobley, who I really like at three. So I was just very curious to see how it works out. Uh, I like a coral or curls coming up pretty. Uh, he's coming up uh, yeah. pretty. Yeah. He's, he's coming up pretty well too. Uh, so, you know, the Cavs are legit. I think, you know, they maybe, they maybe like you said, fringe contender, right? Pretender. And yeah. then Chicago, I I had them. I thought their ceiling was a second round team. I thought I, I thought that was going to be their ceiling because I looked at okay, Lonzo he got better as a shooter. Uh, you give Vucevic, you get a healthy Vucevic with Levine and Demar Derozan. I didn't see Demar Derozan having the season that he's gonna that he's had. Bro, I, he got his peak. He's at his peak. Yeah, right, right. That's what it seems like. He, like he like. I, I didn't I didn't see this coming from Demar. So Chicago, I'm not gonna say I'm surprised with their regular season so far. Uh, about 28, 29 games in, I'm not gonna say I'm surprised, but I didn't see them like I I can like would it surprise me if I saw them in the conference finals versus the Nets or Bucks? No, because no. I, I because I think they're that good. I really do think they're that good. Um, and I worried about I did worry about their defense. Uh, and I think also Billy Donovan is not a bad coach. Like when you give him talent, when he gets to represent talent, Billy Donovan is not a bad coach. We obviously know what he did at Florida. Um, but even those years in Oklahoma City where they didn't obviously they didn't win a championship, or even get to the finals, but they were still a pretty well coached team. You can see you could see him being a really good coach, even with the talent that he had. And he's showing right. that in Chicago. So, yeah, so that's for the East. And then, like, the West. So, I'm not going to lie. I thought the Suns last year was lucky. I think they're better this year, actually, than they were last year. Because I really, to this day, I just think they weren't as good as their end result. But this year, I think the Suns are legit contender. Hmm. They have Golden State. Right. And then I want to say this if Murray and MPJ wasn't hurt, the Nuggets would probably be finals contenders. Absolutely. I may I may go as far as to probably have picked them to come out the West. But the team I'm really leaning towards picking to come out the West this year, I, I Utah is really, really, really good. And besides Golden State and I don't even think 
Curry alone going crazy can beat them if Utah's playing normal. Okay. I just think I'm just really high on them. It's gonna be a good matchup. Gobert's averaging fifteen and fifteen top two defender in the league. Yeah. They have the best shooting team in the NBA everywhere. They have snipers everywhere. Then you have Donovan Mitchell. And unlike last year, everybody misses his last year. Mike Conley got hurt versus the Clippers. Yeah. And why is that crucial? Because the issue was they couldn't feed Gobert the ball in the post versus the mismatch. Conley can do that. Because a lot of guys say, oh, Gobert can abuse the mismatches. But we saw on FIBA, he was killing Team USA. Yeah. Because that's what they do in international. They feed the post. So having Conley there, Utah's very good, man. They won't get enough praise because, you know, it's easy to hate on Utah. And it's easy to it, forget about them. It is. So I, I'm very fun. I'm going to say it. I'm picking Utah to come out the West. I'm going to pick them to come out the West. You're picking? Okay. Okay. Let me say this. Phoenix. Phoenix, I thought, okay, midway through the season, they because they were in that before the Lakers got hurt. If we if we if we remember correctly, before the Lake, you know, right before the Lakers got hurt, they were in that five range, right? They were in that four right. five range. But then the Laker dudes got hurt, you know, even Anthony yeah. Davis and LeBron, right? And then that's when they just shot up to the to two. And and, and and from that point on, they have just been. I, I wonder what's the record like since that point from now. It's probably crazy, but yeah. it, it, but I don't know. I don't know. Like my thing with Phoenix is the way how they lost in the finals and the collapse that they had in the finals. I just haven't seen a team collapse like that and come right back. Now, granted, somebody could point out, oh, what about the 2011 Miami Heat? Well, the 2011 Miami Heat had three top ten players. Yeah. I like the Phoenix Suns. They don't have that. Um, but Phoenix one top ten player. One, yeah, yeah. I, I, I give them that. I give them that. But Phoenix, I, I think they're a well oiled machine. I don't, but I don't know if I can trust. I don't know if I trust them versus Golden State. That's my thing. If, 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 if no Golden State, if Golden State wasn't Golden State, I would, I would probably lean towards Phoenix. And then with Utah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the Golden State. But with Utah. I always tell people, I'm like Utah is a guarantee. If you wanna, if you wanna do a, the safest bet in the NBA, <laughs> like Utah is a guarantee, 45 to 50 wins. Like they, 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 they have a well constructed roster. Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they, they, over the last couple of years, uh, they've had one of the better shooting teams in the league. So I, I, I like Utah. They're sitting at 29. Um, I think Donovan. I, don't, I don't think he gets as like his playoff performances last year. Were amazing, and we I didn't talk about it. Yeah, I thought it was a fluke. I, I'm I'm done with the Mitch slander. I would never slander that man. That he's. Re- I, I think I, Mitch slander is difficult. That's how high. Yes, I I agree. I agree. That's why I, I'm. I looked at his playoff performances, and I don't know. Maybe because Trey Young was lighting it up, Luca, but. I don't think we nearly talked about with Donovan talked enough with Donovan Mitchell and people called him the greatest jazz ever. I'm not gonna go that far, but <laughs> but Donovan he has some great playoff performances last year, and I do think he's better than Devin uh, because I I feel like he plays a little bit more defense, and I like Donovan the fact he's he's a little bit athletic. If Devin was six seven, Devin probably be like the second best player in the league. If he was like six seven six eight, Devin, yeah. Devin Booker would probably be like the best player, the second best player in the league. 
And then with Golden State, I think with Golden State, they are my finals. Con- I think they're they're my favorite to come out the West. Uh, and then we can get to the Lakers because uh, I know people want us to talk about the Lakers. Golden State defensively, I think the reason why I like them so much is I, they remind me a lot of the 2015 team, the first team that won a championship where it was strength in numbers and depth. It was all about depth. They can go 9, 10 deep, and it was so versatile. This Warriors team, they remind me of that. They just don't have the experience that that 2015 team had. I think uh, I, I want to see these other these younger guys in these big time moments, but I think the 20 this Warriors team reminds me of the 2015 team. It also helps when you have Steph Curry playing at an all time great level, um, and then with Klay Thompson coming back, uh, I'm I'm not expecting Clay to be the the all defensive clay on the defensive side of the basketball. I think that's a little, I think that's a little unfair if we were expecting that, but offensively, I expect him to flow right in and jump right back into the groove of things. Uh, and then with Jordan Poole, you know, I, I was, I actually had Jordan Poole's trainer come on the pod and we didn't talk much about Jordan Poole, but I, we, we have, we have conversations constantly and Jordan Poole, he told he he told me, and I'm not surprised by the performances. Jordan Poole is literally, I think, one of one of, if not the best six man top reserve in basketball. Yeah. His his improvement from from the three, I think he can turn into a forty percent three point shooter. I don't know his percentages off the top of my head, but I think he I think he's that good. Um, so I like the Warriors, and I think they have the best defender in the league. And Draymond, yeah. So that always helps. Uh, your thoughts on the Lakers? Give me, give me your take on the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> give me oh. your take. <laughs> give me your take. They're right now they're sixteen and fifteen, sitting at the seventh seed. Give me your take on the Lakers. So first of all, I would like to say I feel like a prophet mm. because I told people mm-hmm. you can check the the M and R show. Shout out to Malcolm and Ron. Yes. I told people that they weren't going to have the home court advantage in the playoffs. And I told people that they were going to be uh, probably around seventh seed, mm. fifth at best. So there are several right now. So this is the issues with the Lakers. Um, It's a cap for how good they can be because how the roster is constructed. No matter what you try to do, it's a limit. Uh, how they built this team. They built a team that doesn't mesh well offensively. So that's already the issue. You can you can find ways to finagle around that, but you have to be great, like top two, three team in the league defensively. Mm-hmm. And just good enough for offensive power to do well. There aren't they aren't that good defensively to offset the the offensive issues in the fit. And then you get to Let's break this down. You get to Rob Polinka. He's the biggest guy that doesn't get enough blame for putting this trash roster around. <laughs> and I don't. I know, like you know, people say LeBron said, "Do this." This is why LeBron had his most success with Pat Riley, who was willing to tell him no. Right. You have to to be great. You have to be able to say no. That's just not sports. That's in life. You gave in to LeBron telling you to get Russ. This is the consequence to your actions. Rob Polinka is the problem with this roster. They're signing all these old guys that are washed and can't play defense. Yeah, we get to Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel gets a lot of slack. And with my coaching experience now, I feel for him and I hold him accountable. I hold him accountable for this. 
he isn't an offensive coach. Right. And there's no reason why DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, Rondo should be playing as much as they do. Now I'll say this. We knew he was never a great offensive coach to begin with. Why did Rob Palinka pick this type of roster around? Why didn't you give him defensive pieces around him? Then I say this. You can say, well, we get mad at him for playing these guys, but look at the roster he has. Who else? He has to play somebody. Right, right. Then we get to that. LeBron's, LeBron's doing LeBron things on offense, but he has regressed some defensively. Russ is, I'm not even, I don't even get mad and slander Russ because you aren't put in a position to succeed. And I saw this coming. Like, I already know what you're going to get from Russ. You can't shoot. He does erotic, dumb things. So you put him on a team where he has to play off ball, where he can't shoot and already a bad decision maker. What did you guys expect? At best, he can be a super, he can be a super Sam Bruce Brown on offense. But you aren't getting the best version of Russ if you do that. And you're paying 40, nearly 50 million for a Super Saiyan Bruce Brown? Please. I don't think so. Right. So that's an issue. And then we get to Anthony Davis. Oh, Lord. And I, I feel for AD because he's becoming, despite averaging 24, 10, still, a, you're not a top three defender no more, but you're still like a top 10 defender in the league. Highest field goal percentage since being in LA, but everybody can point out your flaws. You know, you're becoming, he's becoming the Chris Bosch and the Kevin Love. And he's not put in a position to really succeed. Like we say the center thing, he's playing the second most minutes at center his whole career. But the reason why Anthony Davis can't play center, look at his frame. KD's seven foot. We're not going to say play the five. It's a reason. And that's why AD get always get, he's starting to get these, Ticky tack injuries, even though the injury stuff is, is kind of overblown with him mm-hmm. for at least a time period as a Laker. Yeah. But it's too much of a physical toll on him. And he's already been worn out. So now you're asking this man to carry your defense. Mm-hmm. Like he, why is he leading y'all in three point shot contests? Why is he constantly guarding guards and all of that? Like they get mad about the defense and blame him, but he can't be everywhere at once. Right. He has to help. And then he has to come back and still find a way to average nearly 25 a game with terrible spacing. And what, two guys, two, three guys that can actually get him the ball? They can't even find a way to counter double teams or get him the ball versus switches with this team. And then, like, it, it just kind of gets annoying where you can say Frank Vogel needs to stop switching them, but if Frank Vogel doesn't switch them, all they're going to do regardless is just attack the guys that's not good defenders around them. So there's only so much AD can do. And overall, I guess you could say it's not one person you can blame. It's just a bad – it's just it's just a bunch of bad ingredients together. They should have kept – at best, you should have kept the team from last year, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was worse than their championship team. But at least the team from last year, you was like, okay, that's still a contender. But the team – the first year together was perfectly put together. They tried too hard to build a team for when LeBron's out, not realizing LeBron's gonna be there ninety percent of the time. Right. So right, and, and you. So I think your first point, one of the first points that you made, was the fact that defensively they suck, and we saw. Like I don't, I, I don't know what people thought. Uh, like same thing with you. I I agree with you. 
I saw them being a bad defensive team from a mile away. The season started in yeah. October. The moment they traded for Russell Westbrook and the moment they just put all the other pieces and ingredients together, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a bad defensive team. So that, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. And then unlike – and so you, mentioned, so you made that point, and that was a great point. With them being a bad defensive team, offensively, they, they don't – like, once again, they're, the way how their roster is constructed, they don't have the offensive firepower to overcome that bad defense. At least, like, it's kind of counterintuitive, but their championship bubble year was – defensively they were probably the best defensive team in basketball that year yeah that th with them being the best defensive team in basketball it overshadowed and they were able to overcome some of their offensive lapses that they would casually have yeah. you can't you can't do it so that's why i'm saying it's counterintuitive you can't do that with this bad defense because you're not explosive enough offensively um so I, I think you're right. I think you got to say no to LeBron because LeBron, we you know, people make fun of him, the GM, the GM. Like he, he sometimes it's okay to do certain things for your star players, but you just can't be a yes man. And I feel like Rob Palenka, that's why I struggle when people say, oh, Rob Palenka is doing a pretty good job. I'm like, I just struggle to say he's doing a good job or to really properly evaluate him as a GM because I don't know what move is his and what move is LeBron's. So I don't know if I can really call him a good GM or is he doing a good – I can't really say that. So I think you're right. Rob Palenka, his tender in L.A., they got a championship out of it, but I, I don't – like it's just, it's, it's just highly questionable. I have a question mark still to this day about Palenka. I think you make a good point about Vogel. Um, it's like with Vogel, he's a defensive-minded guy. We know this. We known this since Indiana, since his days in Indiana. Like we know, and those Indiana teams were blue-collar, defensive-first, defensive-minded teams. Offense comes later, and you give Vogel, like you said, the the players. I don't. I, I didn't understand why they was playing DeAndre Jordan a lot, but like you look at their <laughs> roster, like 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 the Nets was giving people a clue. They were like, we're not playing this guy because. He's unplayable. That he's unplayable. <laughs> so the the fact that the Lakers went ahead and signed him, and now you're and now you know Vogel, he's basically forced to play his hand and forced to play him. It's like it's no way DeAndre Jordan should be playing critical long stretches for your basketball team. Not, not if you're a championship contender, he should not be playing long stretches for your basketball team. That's it's as simple as that. So I can't really be mad at Vogel, but then Anthony Davis. I think AD, uh, and you mentioned he's out of the 24 and 10, but, and he's still a really good defender. Defensively, I'm not going to bash him for defense. And offensively, it's kind of hard to bash him for the offense on the offensive end because it's not like it's not like the Lakers just have this great floor. Like, no, the Lakers, since he's been there, actually, they've had bad floor spacing. Like, since he's been there, if we want to really have that conversation, they've had bad floor spacing. So let's start with that point. Um, AD, I, I feel like with I think people this is the, I think this is what people get at with AD. The fact that LeBron and you know in a couple more weeks he turns thirty eight and he's in year nineteen, 
And Anthony Davis, I think, is 27 years old. I think the plan was for Anthony Davis either last year or definitely this year was to take that mantle and take that next step and be the face of the Lakers and also be like a legitimate or have a legitimate top five player argument in the world type of thing. And he doesn't. But I feel like, do I feel, I feel like, I feel like Anthony Davis, if he had Russell Westbrook's mentality, he'd be he'd be he'd be a top two player like in the world right now. If he had Russell Westbrook mentality, but he doesn't, and he's not built like that, and it's okay. But physically, you have like he doesn't play. I don't know why we keep trying to bang this thing in. Like he doesn't play the five because his frame. He's skinny. He's thin. He's a thin kid, and he's all and he, he's typically hurt. Right. So like him playing the five, like it, it just doesn't make sense. So I think the Lakers, if they want to get a better version of AD, a prime version of AD, I think the floor spacing and the shooting has to improve because you can just clog the lane and clog the plane. And we know he's not the most physical guy. So if you just rough him up and rattle him up a little bit, you can't like if there's nothing there. Like his ceiling isn't as high as it can be if you don't have the proper floor spacing around him. Right. Which you could say it arguably is, but everybody, every human is different. And I just accepted the fact, like, because bodies tax and irrational expectations because people are thinking AD is supposed to be as good as Prime Shaq. Right. <laughs> so no matter what you do, look at their expectations you're compared against, or they're going to say, why aren't you Jokic? Why aren't you Giannis? Like, bro, like, accept, accept what you have and build around that. Don't build around somebody thinking he's going to progress into something he's not, especially when you're in a contender situation. Right. But, I mean, hey, he signed up to be a Laker. Right. And, and, and the Russell Westbrook thing, people know I, I bash Russell Westbrook. I'm probably – people call me a Russell Westbrook hater. Like, I'm not a hater. I just, at this point, I, I have accepted Russell Westbrook's flaws. Like, who knew he couldn't shoot? We known we we've known he couldn't shoot for the last ten years. Like, like I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like, so I'm not even gonna blame Russ. Like, people was blaming Russ. I'm like, I'm not gonna blame Russ. The Lakers knew he couldn't shoot. Rob Palenka knew he couldn't shoot. He knows he can't shoot. LeBron knows. He, like everybody, everybody and their grandmother know Russell Westbrook can't shoot. So that's no that's no surprise to me. The fact that, you know, he's not a, he's a, you know, he make he has these sporadic decision-making, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill Westbrook because it's just unnecessary slander. And it just, it's, it just sounds like a regurgitated take yeah, that we've been. Like, I don't feel like keep doing it. Right. Told you what was about to happen. Right. Like, I don't, I feel no need and I don't feel any better or smarter uh, or, you know, I don't feel like I get any brownie points for pointing out Wesley Westbrook flaws. Like, they've been there for the last 10 years. I know them. <laughs> I know them. Um, so, speaking of, you know, um, you know these top-tier players, and you, you kind of hinted at it a little bit at the beginning, who right now do you think is the best player in basketball? Nikola Jokic is having the best season in basketball. Nikola Jokic is having the best season in basketball. Tell yes. us why. So, I'm going to put it like this. He's already averaging better numbers than his MVP year. He's averaging to around 26, 13, and 7 as a center. 
man doesn't have Jamal Murray's second or third best players. Yep. Then you look at the advanced analytics. You know, Denver plays like the second best offense and defense with him in, in the game. And they fall to dead last in both categories. Around dead last in both categories when he's off the floor. I wouldn't have guessed the defensive part. Yeah, and that's and he's he's improved this year defensively. Like actually improved to the point where I could say he's a solid positive versus a negative or neutral at best. <clears throat> and it's just like if your team is the second best in the league at both categories with you on the floor and then falls around dead last with you off. And you're averaging 26, 13 to 7. What more? Like, that is an MVP. That is something like a best player in the world will do. And I will argue he's been, and he's been, it's not arguing, he's been the best offensive player this year. Mm. Even if you look at stuff, some of the stuff efficiency has dropped and all that stuff. KD is going ballistic, but he's not the playmaker. Right. Jokic is also a near 30 point per game scorer while being arguably the best playmaking big yeah like he's he's at least a top three playmaker in the league yeah including guards yes including guards and now the now a positive on defense like what more do you want from get you the rebounds now too so it's like he's not gonna get talked about because he plays in denver they're in the middle of the west and nobody really watches denver that much but we're watching somebody like one of the greatest I thought he just wasn't – he's already the greatest offensive big ever to me besides Shaq. Him and Shaq, you can pick whatever one at your peak. But he's one of the greatest bigs we're seeing at the in their prime and peak of his powers. And I just hope people really recognize what they're watching and appreciate it because, you know, this man is going to end up probably better than Dirt and Whiskey. Wow. Wow. So, I, oh, you know, I'm not mad at the no, – you know, at the Jokic take – uh, I think Jokic, you know, there may be a little bit of voter fatigue. There's all because you know how the voters fatigue. Because I thought Giannis, his the year that he didn't win MVP, I think. Well, what well, was probably last year? He had an MVP. He had an MVP season last year. Uh, yeah. But Milwaukee was kind of like up and down. They were the three C in the East, so it's like, uh, we don't know if he's, you know. And then with Nikola Jokic this year, um, like you said, he's having an MVP caliber season. But Denver, as we as you know, right now they're, they're the sixth seed, and you know people like uh, we don't watch Denver. We gave it to a big last year because of the candidates were you know the candidates weren't the greatest last year. So I I feel you on the Nikola Jokic, and I don't I just don't like how the media does it with the MVP. But that's another conversation. Um, you mentioned Steph. Steph, granted, he started off the season really hot, and there was a legitimate argument that he was the best player in the world and uh, the leading, you know, leading candidate for MVP. And you mentioned, and I, and I see people talk about Steph, and Steph is amazing, right? And, I, and like I said, I told you guys earlier, I think the Warriors are probably going to win the West. Um, but his shooting numbers and, he, and his efficiency has gone down. And if we're calling, if some people are calling him MVP, because I went back and looked at his first two MVP years, and mainly the 2016 year, because that's where he won it unanimously. Yeah, he, yeah. he was going. That was God mode. That was crazy. Yeah. So, and and I'm looking at his shooting numbers and his efficiency this year. They don't align. 
Can you talk about why is that and why should we probably slow down on the Steph Curry MVP talk for right now? I mean, I would say this. It could be his body starting to get – he's starting to need that clay, you know. Clay helped a lot, alleviate a lot of pressure off Steph. And now that Steph is having to do more on ball rather than roam off ball and conserve his body, it's probably – taxing him more and then you know the rules change and more physicality still a top two top three player in the league top Absolutely. four at best you know the top four is interchangeable but it's, he's just starting to get a little attacked because he started off the year great but these last couple two weeks he's starting to get a little attacked so maybe he could shoot back up when clay comes back yeah and, you know gets into rhythm but his body's still starting to get a little taxed because you know, having that consistent second star is good. And then he's a small guard. Like, he's 6'3", a buck, what, a buck 90 at best. Every small guard, they always need a co-star to alleviate that pressure. And you can just tell his body's starting to get taxed and all that stuff. So, it has a lot to do with that. But that's why I would say slow down. I have him third on my race. I have Durant second. Okay. Race. Okay. So, that, so, you got you got Nikola Jokic first. Uh, Durant two and Steph at three. Steph at three. I'm not mad at that. Now tell me this, and you probably, you, I think you hinted at it a little bit, but what's the difference between uh, what like what gave Jokic the edge so far over Durant so far? So far. Well, what it really is, so Jokic is already better on offense, and I think he's. I don't even think. I'm not being disrespectful to Big Bro. That's big, bro. But <laughs> he's not in Jokic or Steph tier. Jokic and Steph is tier 1A on offense. So, and then it's everybody below that. So, I think Durant is a tier 2 offensive player. And to me, I think Durant is better defensively. But with Jokic becoming, like, a positive defensively, I don't think Durant's defensive advantage – it, it doesn't close the gap. It still leaves okay. Jokic ahead. And then you think, okay, so let's look at the team. Well, Durant still has an all-star around. Around, you're not getting in Houston hard no more. People just <laughs> saw that last year. But still not, you're not getting in Houston hard no more. You don't need to do that. And then with these injuries, he's still coming back from it. He's going to get better. But right now, Harden is still giving you 28. It's and not nine, near yeah. 10 assists a game. Right. So you still got a 20 and 10 all-star right beside you, a top five-point guard in the league around you. Yes, you're going ballistic. Yes, you know, you don't have Kyrie's to have that third star with you because the Nets are built on, you know, having three stars, but you still got James Harden there. Like, right. <laughs> he, uh, 70% of James Harden is still better than the, the second best player on the Nuggets. Yeah, by far. James Harden's on the Nuggets. There, you'll be calling them a contender. Like, <laughs> clear, they're probably the favorites. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it's just that. It comes down to that. Like, yeah, Durant can't help. He's not an all defensive caliber defender. So, right. yeah, he ain't going to ever be the playmaker Jokic is. So it's only so much he can do, and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I wouldn't be shocked if Durant wins it. He probably. It, it probably will come down to him and stuff, and they're going to use the the Harden washed narrative is going to help him. So if he wins one, 
depending on you know how many games um Mr. Unvaccinated plays, <laughs> he probably will win. That's right. What I would say. So so okay, I want to I want to I want to get the Harden because I think this Harden thing is really interesting, and I think Harden, you know, <laughs> he's at, like you say, he's averaging twenty eight and nine, and people are like, uh, so is is this the James? Is this James Harden, or is he going to get a little bit better? Because people are people are now because without Kyrie, and and you know just with Katie and Harden now now that Kyrie's back down, but prior to that, people thought okay, Harden we're gonna we're gonna now see Harden. He's not gonna be he's still gonna have his facilitating role and he's gonna have lineups where he's gonna be the facilitator. But now we can see Harden start to pick up the scoring rate, and maybe he gets close to about that 25 points per game average uh, that we saw in Houston. Because throughout the throughout the, his career in Houston, that's what he averaged, about 26, 27 points per game. Why haven't we seen that? Is James Harden going to get better? What, you know, what is, what you think, what's up with James Harden? What is, or, and, and can they win a championship like this? Mm. I okay, so to answer the last question, can he win the That's championship? That's a lot. Like this? <laughs> With, I would say this: without Kyrie, you not winning a championship like this. You're not. You, the Bucks are probably winning four one and four two like this. Not even trying to be funny. I'm so serious. You can't win a championship like this at all. But what I can say is this: um. The reason Harden is playing was playing the way he was. It started at the beginning of the year, and he was coming back from an injury, and nobody understood. Even I didn't understood that how a hamstring injury can affect you. He can't get past anybody. Right. His first step was huge with him. It really wasn't the rule. Like, the rule change, you could tell, like, you know, those highlight plays where it's like, bro, stop trying to draw a foul. You look goofy. And you build those narratives. But it's really his body just wasn't the same and you know over the last 13 games he's averaging you know 23 10 8 about eight of uh, eight free throws a game it's just like he had to get he's gonna have to keep ramping it up game by game by game but that hamstring injury really took a toll on him and people don't realize Harden was never fast never that most athletic but he always had a quick first step to get past guys and when that is hurting you and you don't have that anymore because you got to – he couldn't play ball all summer. Right. He couldn't hoop all summer like he said. So he's working his way back into shape and back into, you know, getting everything together. So it's going to take time. It really is. And I feel like if the Nets knew that, they would allow Kyrie to play those home games at the beginning of the year. Well, those away games at the beginning of the year. But they didn't know that. But, you know, over the last 13 games, Harden's averaging 23, 10, and 8. And ten free throws a game, so it, he's coming back. He's going to be back. I trust that he will be back by the playoffs. But if he stays this level, um, even if Kyrie comes back, if if Kyrie's comes back and hard is like this, the Bucks, I still will probably have him as a favorite because those games that Kyrie's not there, if he's not playing the whole series. If they drop one game in Milwaukee, or yeah, it's gonna get tough. It is. Yeah, and then I, 
I don't know. Can Milwaukee still one to two in Brooklyn? With I, I think they could with Harden playing like this. Uh, now this is interesting now because you I don't because I don't think they can win a championship with Harden playing like this. Uh, now would it be in the Nets' best favor to get home court advantage if Kyrie can't play home games? Because. Uh, I'm thinking about that now because you mentioned. Yeah, you playing with fire right now. You don't know what you're going. You don't know what James Harden you're going to get. It's best like you. It's best you say, "Damn, like you believe in your guys going to be back by the end of the year." But bro, if he ain't back by after trade deadline, go ahead, KD, go rest. <laughs> Whole star fly y'all can rest because at this point, you may want to drop the three. Yeah, get the. Just get the Bucks ahead of you. That's all you need. Just wherever the Bucks is at, drop below them. I, I, I think that's the I, because if you're only gonna get Kyrie road games, I would even though despite you're on the road, I get it. It's you know playing at home, but you get all three of your guys because that's that's how that's how they construct. That was the big thing about last year about missing Harden and missing Kyrie was that. Yeah, this is a good team when all three dudes on the floor. This is this is this is not the same team if one or two dudes are missing. And yeah. with Harden like this, it's almost like one and a half dude is missing, you know? So I don't I don't know. I I think that's a really interesting situation in Ky- in, in Brooklyn. And speaking of Kyrie and his return, how do you feel like what what do you think prompted this return from Kyrie or for the Nets organization to say, okay, now despite Kyrie not being vaccinated or you know, he's not still not vaxxed, but he's activated, what does that say? What 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 do you think prompted that move by Nets management? Keep it honest, what prompted the move was harder not being harder not being hard and prompted this move more than the COVID stuff and yeah, okay. they're gonna say with the COVID stuff, but I'm gonna keep it a band. It was hard and not being bad, and then the fact that like KD's having to go ballistic because we don't know which Harden we're gonna get every night, and then the game's Harden is out. He's like, damn, I gotta score 50, 51 to beat the Pistons. Like after that game, no, like yeah, bring him back. Like I honestly think like having half of Kyrie was better than having all. Of them none of Kyrie. Like, yeah, you can say, like, nobody's above the team, da-da-da-da, but I feel like the best way to get Kyrie to come back full-time, let him play half the games. I don't think somebody that's there the whole year is going to look, come play us and say, damn, I see y'all on the road. Yeah, I am a big Kyrie supporter. If Kyrie was to do that, mm. oh, yeah, send, send him off next year. And if KD got an issue, he just going to have to mm. cry. I don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Kyrie is the type of person to do that. So yeah. I just think, like, bro, let him do what he got to do during the regular season. Let him get his feelings. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you listen and, you know, let people, you know, fuss, get it all out. And then be like, are right, mm-hmm. you done? You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready to come on? Yeah. Like that. I, I'm not even mad with that. And, and, and at this point, it's past the chemistry and, uh, and. What's up, y'all? You know, do you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? Want to rep your favorite team on any given day? Then what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go to the 47brand.com right now. 
holiday sales. I'm sure they're going to have a Black Friday sale. Go check it out right now. Free shipping for orders, $75 plus. So you guys go over there to the 47 brand. They have your favorite teams from the MLB to the NHL to the NFL, NBA, or NCAA. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Get something. Rep your favorite team any given day. Go check out that sale before it runs out. Go check it out. The 47 brand. It's it's past the chemistry. I think at this point, like you said, half of Kyrie, at least especially on the road games. And I also thought it was interesting. The Nets are beating all of like the mediocre teams and the below average teams. But then yeah. I think they're like 0-6 versus Chicago, Golden State, Phoenix. Like the teams that they're gonna have to play, that they're gonna have to play in the play in the postseason or potentially in the finals. So I thought that was also a big, you know, a big sign to like, ah, oh, okay, we could beat the mediocre teams, but the the teams that are legit, we can't really beat. Uh so Brooklyn, I, I think I think having Kyrie back will have will will do will serve them some justice. Uh now, now tell me this, Nazi. Um, do you have any sleeper teams or sleeper players that's having really good really good seasons uh so far? A really good season so far. Yeah, young not getting a lot of praise for having the best year of his career. Hmm. And I thought like, you know, the rule change was gonna affect them. With that corny jumping behind crap that he was doing. But I was wrong. Uh, he's averaging 27 to 9. Uh, the best three point percentage of his career, best field goal percentage of his career. Trey Young is having the best year of his career, and Atlanta is in dire need of a secondary ball handler. I'm really fascinated to see if you know the Wizards can sell Bradley Bill and get him in Atlanta. Ooh, Ooh okay, really fascinated that. Um, another guy that's having a really good year. Kyle Lowry is for Miami. Um, the Mellow Ball is really having a that whole Hornets team being a fringe prop, maybe getting to playoffs, maybe just barely miss out. Had a really good year. John Morant, yes, was going crazy, and nobody in Denver is. I mean, Memphis, Memphis is deep, like they have a lot of good basketball players. Like, since John went out, they're still winning at an accelerated rate. Yeah, they're, they're fourth in the West. Yes, John, but when John Morant was there, I thought John was slightly getting, I still think John gets too much credit for the Memphis turnaround. The only reason they got John was because they won the lottery. Like, they got lucky in the lottery. Right. But when he was playing this year, he was averaging 24 and 7, shooting better all over the court. Like, John is really is starting to continuously make that jump and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if he can continue to do that. Like Ja and Trey, that the next generation of point guards, Ja, Trey and Melo, that's that's really gonna become something. Then you got the K's of the world. But damn Ja is just he was something this year. He he's been something. I can't wait to see him come back. I really can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say people so a couple years back like people were I, oh I did. I compared the Pelicans young core and the Memphis Grizzlies young core and I'm like we glorify and we talk about the Pelicans young core 
But I think the Memphis Young Corps is better constructed around Ja and his strengths than the Pelicans is around Zion. And Zion's having his own thing with his body. But I told people a year and almost a year and a half, two years ago, that I was like, I think this Memphis team is on to something with the way how they're constructing their roster. Yeah, they really are. Like, they're deep. That's another team I was thinking today. If the Wizards realize we're not going far, I don't want to pay Bill the max. It, they're deep with good players. Can Memphis be in a running for a Bill? A Bill and job backcourt would be very, very good. Nasty. Like, Memphis is very – they've been the best drafting team, I would say, the last five years. We don't know this because they don't draft stars, but they draft a lot of good NBA players. Right. Right, like Grayson Allen is even playing good for the Bucks, and he came from Memphis. Well, Utah drafted him, but he developed in Memphis. Memphis right? Yes, Dylan Brooks. Like he, Dylan Brooks is at a thirty-seven point game recently. Like Dylan, Dylan Brooks is a legitimate starter in the league. Yeah, like Desmond Bain is good. Mm-hmm. Tyus Jones is one of the best reserve point guards in the league. Uh, Anthony Melton coming off the bench, one of the best guard defenders in the league. Like they are very, very deep and. Jaron Jackson Jr., he's very he's very versatile. I mean, this year he's averaging 16 a game. Like, he Memphis is very good. Like, shout out to the GM, man. Like, they're they're very, very good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. I also like um a team that I like, uh, or you know, Miami, they're pretty, they're pretty decent. But the Wizards, you mentioned because you you keep mentioning Bill. And they're 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 around five hundred at this. I think they're a game above five hundred. And Bill isn't having the best shooting year of his career. He's not having the best shooting season of his career. Uh, I so are we looking at Bill where the last two years he averaged thirty points per game, but he did that on he did that around talent. The four other dude like he got to score. Somebody got to score the basketball, right? And he yeah. did that where the talent was just below average at best over the last two years. Is Bill regressing? And, like, where does he rank among – because we talked about Donovan Mitchell. We talked about Booker. We're talking about Levine. Uh, I'm looking at Bill, and he's regressing. I don't I don't know. Where do you – like, how do you rank him? And do you see him possibly being, like, shipped out? Should Washington just ship him out at this point? I think it's time to be there because this shot has – it's weird. The better score he's became, his shot has been like starting to regress. Like and this year, I think he I don't think he's at his his regular shooting rate far as three point land. I just think he's in the you know, when the mean is very below, like he's just having one of those bad years shooting wise. Yeah. The rule change has affected him with this foul baiting and stuff. And the fact that he can't he can't buy a three is really hurting his averages. He's still a negative defender. He's a average playmaker. Like it gets to a point like the bill run is cool, but you have to realize who you have, and he's going to ask for a max contract. I'm not paying somebody that's he's not he's not better than book. He's not better than Mitch. He's not better than Zach Levine no more. He's is he better than Chris Middleton? Probably not. He's not better than Kyrie. Is he better than Jalen Brown? I would say yes for now, but when somebody's Jalen Brown level, you're not paying. I'm not paying you fifty million a I'm year. Not, 
Not a year. And Bill doesn't play the other end. Yeah, like, and he and he's going to be twenty eight. So next year he's going to be twenty nine. I'm not paying you fifty million at this age for that. Like, I would probably pay Jalen Brown fifty million before I pay you, only because Jalen Brown has youth on his side. Right. And I even don't want to pay him that. Right. But yeah, Bill, they need to hurry up and get off Bill in that Bill contract. It, it just, it, it just ain't it. Like, it. He had his run. It was cool. He's a DC legend. You know, if you want to make a promise, retire his jersey. Go ahead. You don't have many Wizards legends already. So, <laughs> Wall, you can retire together. But <laughs> yeah, man, he he is a he's a low tier All Star caliber player. He should be a number two or number three somewhere. Huh. But he's not your franchise superstar. I agree. I think uh, I think I think it's time for Washington to move on with Bill. Uh, I think. Um, you meant I think I like the I like some of the teams that you mentioned. You mentioned uh you mentioned Memphis. I like I think Atlanta, they're they're in dire need. Atlanta, you know, they're funny because they got a lot of youth and a lot of talent and a lot of wings, but it, for some reason it just never meshes at this point. They're, you know, still early on in the season, so they can they can bounce back. But I think Bill, I think you make a good point about Bill where I'm not sure if I'm giving him a max deal. And with Bill, I, and, and the reason why I brought up Jalen Brown, because I know Jalen Brown plays both ends. Uh, Bill doesn't. And so and maybe maybe he doesn't have, maybe Brown is not, I think it's close though offensively. Maybe Bill has the edge there, maybe has a better shooting yeah. touch. But I'm not so sh- I'm not so sold on, you know, giving Bill a max contract. No, I would not do that if I'm the Wizards. Yeah, it really depends on where you see these guys. Like, how do you view? Somebody told me Jalen Brown was better. I wouldn't argue. But it really depends on how do you view Bill's offense versus Jalen's two way game. Like, it's already close, but do you feel Bill's offense is better just enough to give him the slight edge? And it could go either way. It can really go either way because. Or it could come down to, like, you feel Bill's defense takes his value away so much and gives Jalen a slight edge. Mm. His defense is bad. It, and for somebody that came in was actually a good defender, it's actually crazy. Right, right. Because right. usually as a defender in the league, like, dudes get better over time. He's got right. worse. He doesn't even play a lick of defense. Him and Westbrook are the two most interesting cases where somebody got worse on defense. Yes. But better on offense. Like it's crazy. I guess not everybody can take that. Being a two-way player is really a lot. Not everybody can take that load. Paul. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> nah, for real though. But yeah, that's that's what it come down to. But he's cool though. Like you gonna get it back, but. <laughs> Somebody gonna overpay for somebody gonna. There's always one dummy out there that's gonna always overpay, uh, for a guy. And I'm not saying Bill isn't a good player, but we've seen this a number of times where dudes get paid a certain amount, and it's like, ah, I mean, he's good. He's a he's a low tier all star. I think there's tiers to different all star caliber players. Uh, but I don't want to hold you any longer, Najee. Um, if there's anything else you want to get into, we can. Uh, but Thank you for coming on the pod once again. Always love having you talking some hoops. I look to having you on more, uh, more yeah, often. Bro. But if there's any other topic you want to get into, we can get into. 
nah, man. Appreciate. Oh, shout out to Scotty Barnes too, man. Ooh. Scotty Barnes been hooping, hooping lately. I told people he was better than Jalen Green in the draft. So, yeah, Scotty Barnes is that dude. Uh, another generational level defender. Mm. And Kay Cunningham is turning it around and playing very good lately. So, shout out to them young boys, man. This 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 youth we got in the league is going to hold the league over very, very well. Um, yeah, man. Appreciate having me on. Uh, I got to be on. Have me on again in a couple of weeks. You okay. Know, I'm out of school now, for sure. So, we can just chop it out with me, holler at me, and, you know, we can schedule something, for sure. De- de- definitely, definitely. Also, I, you mentioned Scotty Bonds. I got to go with Toronto, similar to Memphis and the way how they're building their team, Toronto got some nice, lengthy wings. They got they got long, lengthy wings on the perimeter, and they all can dribble, shoot, handle the rock, play make, including it starts with Scotty Barnes, but they got a they got a they got a bunch of dudes that can just do everything on the floor. I like how yeah. Toronto's building their team. Asayu Jury, shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him. I'm no black man, man. <laughs> Nah, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Just holler at me whenever you know I can come back. For sure, definitely. Thank you for coming on, bro. No problem. No problem. All right. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Just want to give you guys some NBA content. No, not no layups there. Naji, always a pleasure to have on his basketball knowledge. Uh, he he points out he has gems on top of gems. If I, you guys. If you were to know the gems that Najee has and that he often display, like basketball whiz, basketball whiz, basketball genius right there, Najee. Thank you. Greatly appreciate him coming on. Uh, I just thought I'd give you guys some NBA content. Matt, mix it up a little bit. Uh, I'll probably do another episode on, you know, this this will count as a Wednesday episode, but I'll probably give you guys another episode um of some nfl content as well but i just thought i'd dabble into some nba content hope you guys enjoy always remember two choices one decision i'm out